All right, in studio we have Nate from Westside Bowl. Nate, welcome to Youngstown Studio. Thank you very much. And I want to tell our viewers a little bit about how Westside Bowl got started and a little bit of your history here in the Valley. Sure. So uh, it started as an idea that my wife and I kind of kicked around for the first, you know, 20 years uh, we were married. It was always something we talked about, um, owning a music venue in specifically. Um, but it was always just an idea. It was something we talked about occasionally, but it never really went from the idea, you know, stage to anything more concrete. I couldn't really tell you what the final straw was, but maybe maybe eight years ago, um, we started having more serious conversations about it. We reached out to Cindy Barber and Mark Letty, who run the Beachland Ballroom up in Cleveland, uh, and they were very generous with their time. They, we kind of explained to them that, you know, how they did things was sort of our plan for how we wanted to do a music venue in Youngstown, a smaller room that could hold 100 or 150, a larger room that could hold significantly more than that. Um, and they were very helpful, sort of pointing us in the right direction. Um, chief among them was something that Mark said, and he said, you know, if, if you're going to make this work in Youngstown, you have to have other streams of revenue besides the music. Otherwise, it's probably not going to work. So we looked at a bunch of buildings, um, none of which worked out, and we sort of stumbled upon the bowling alley on Mahoning Avenue. We were we had just tried to buy what was Kuzman's, then became Rolling Mills and Girard, and it fell through. And I was really frustrated, and it was my wife who said, you know, maybe it would be cool if we could do it in a bowling alley. So she starts looking at bowling alleys, and I, I said, well, I don't know if that's such a good idea. I don't know anything about bowling. I don't understand any of the machinery. Those buildings are gigantic. Um, but it might be cool if the one close to us was for sale. We live maybe two minutes from, mm -hmm. from the bowling alley. And she stood up, walked over to the computer, looked it up, and it was for sale. So I went down, looked at it, was very concerned. Um, but you could see there was potential. Uh, when we took a tour and we saw the basement, that's when we knew we could make it work. Mm -hmm. We could start small, do smaller live music events there, figure out what the big room was going to be. Um, we bought it in uh, 2018, and our fifth anniversary is coming up on March 7th. Um, in a couple of weeks. So we're going to get into the um, the the video here uh, just to kind of take our viewers through what sure. they're seeing. So that's uh, that's our Mahoning Avenue uh, frontage. We've had murals painted on uh, the entire exterior of the building. Uh, that was painted by Ian Simon uh, down the street from us at Bitterheart Tattoos. Oh, nice. uh, we've had folks come from all over to paint on the outside and the inside of the building. We have a large patio out front, which the camera is walking past right now. There's multiple entrances to the building. The two red doors take you directly into the bar. Uh, the doors that the patrons are walking in just past the skull mural is where you, the main entrance to the bowling alley and the main concert space. This is the main bar. I believe this was a Friday, so we had a show scheduled with a guy named Greg Koch. He's a fantastic blues guitar player from uh, Wisconsin, I believe. Um, but weekend nights were always busy. I, actually, we're, we're busy most nights, if I'm being perfectly honest. So what would you call the motif here? What do we have decorated in? Uh, I don't know. I guess it's uh, a lot. Some memorabilia, some artwork. Yeah, a, a lot of it is art from local artists. Okay. So, Michael, there's... Those two large paintings there were painted by a local artist named Michael Green back in the 90s. I have four pieces of his. Uh, one of my bartenders, 
Um, James Crum, I have a lot of his work, local artist. Um, Tony Armini, another local sculptor, I have a lot of his stuff. But a lot of it's, you know, it's stuff that I've collected over the last five, six, seven years. Um, some longer than that. Um, I saw the, some pizza ovens back there. Pizza's big in Youngstown. Pizza's so. pizza's the food that we're known most for. Okay. Um, it's also how we survived the pandemic. If uh, if we hadn't have had, um, you know, carry out food, we probably would not have made it. Right. Not probably. We we would for sure. We wouldn't <laughs> have made it. Yeah. Um, but it's a very eclectic, almost busy space. There's always a lot going on. Whether it's hanging on the walls, the arcade games. Um, there's always a lot of people in there. It's it's a very noisy, in a good kind of way, right. environment. Uh, we always have music playing, both upstairs and downstairs, uh, both in the bar and in the main bowling alley space. Whether it we have like a show some or lounge not. space there, yeah, lounge space, an arcade. arcade. Um, we still have 16 of the original 24 bowling lanes. Um, there's always a lot of kids in there, especially on the weekends. Um, this is our busy time of year, sort of uh, Labor Day to to summer is sort of the indoor bowling, indoor season, especially for bowling. And then this is the record store called Cycle Breakers, owned by two local guys, Adam Barry and Dean Anschutz. They're open four days a week. We kept tried to keep as much of the original stuff, like the lockers. There's still some of the stuff that used to be in the locker rooms. Um, the physical space hasn't been augmented that much. Everything's sort of in the same place that it was in the 70s and the 80s. Um, but obviously, we've painted, we've upgraded, uh, you know, things like the electrical and the air conditioning. This episode was brought to you by Youngstown Computer, the Valley's technology company. We appreciate the loyalty you all have shown to us over the years, and it's our promise to serve all of the technology needs of the Valley. Call 330-259-7278. We have both home and business services available, everything from repair, installations, and new equipment. You can improve your Wi-Fi and have your technology serve you better. Call 330-259-7278, or you can schedule your appointment right now on youngstowncomputer.com and look for the red book now button. And most of your musical acts that come through here, are they local? Uh, we get fans? a good mix of both. Yeah. We have a lot of local folks play, but we also get a ton of folks that are regional, whether it's Cleveland, Akron, Canton, or farther away like Detroit or Chicago or New York. Um, and then we do get plenty of national touring bands too. So it's a, it's a mix of all of that. And then this is sort of the main concert space. Um, that's where the audio, the main part of the audio equipment is. And then the show that happened on this particular day, um, took place in the big room, uh, which we can stage a bunch of different ways on this particular night, since it was going to be a bit of an older crowd. Um, it was mostly seated. So we had tables and chairs down on the floor. Uh, I think we ended up with about 150 people, give or take there to watch the show. That's a beautiful space it's yeah and it's all together between the upstairs and the usable space downstairs it's about thirty thousand square feet so it's a ton of room which makes it so that we can do two three four events at one time you know the hindrance is it's thirty thousand square feet so it's a really big space to keep warm or keep cool um 
and it takes a you know a large staff to manage such a big space. So this is our main stage. Um, some of that equipment is ours. Some of it belongs to the band, but all the lighting and the PA, uh, all that stuff, we worked uh, in conjunction with another local company called Forty Two Event Production. They installed the sound system and the original lighting system. Uh, we've made some significant upgrades since then. Uh, and then we still have an ongoing relationship with them. And that's a really good shot sort of from the, the sound booth. You can see, you know, 16 lanes running. There's probably 75 people to 80 people down there bowling. There's another 75 or 80 people there for the show. You know, we walked through the bar. You could see another 25 or 30 people in there. And it's not that they're distinct groups, but it's I think one of the one of the things I'm the most proud of um, is the fact that we've created a space where diverse groups of people can mingle under one roof. Now, you know, are they hanging out with each other? Not necessarily, but it's really cool to see that many different groups of people all in one space. This is then the entranceway to the second uh, space we have live music down in the in the basement. All those photographs were taken by our house photographer. Her name is Stephanie uh, Sharanovich. She comes to all the events we have. She takes still photographs, and then we do our best uh, to get, you know, a handful of those up, um, up on the wall. A, to say thank you to her and promote her work. B, to say thanks to all the folks who come there uh, and make this, the place special. Um, so I saw sax and violinists sure. and tuba I mean, and rock. There's hardcore punk bands there. There's polka bands. There's jazz ensembles. There's, um, you know, and hip-hop. We'll book anything. If we think people will come, we'll book the show. That's fantastic. For sure. And now we're coming down into the basement, which is where the second uh, space is. Um, that's a relic from a place gone by called the Nyabingi. used to be at the door there. Um, and then because the basement is concrete, um, we had to do some soundproofing. So the way my brother and I decided to do it was to, to purchase shirts from the bands that play there. Nice. Then oh, that's so creative. use some foam, you know, glue it to, to cardboard, and then basically upholster the cardboard with the, the shirt and then stick it up on the wall. That's cool. So it's a way for us to support the bands um, and, you know, a way to make the room sound a lot better. There's a full bar in the basement. That's uh, a big chunk of lane 24 that we cut out as the bar top. Um, another homage to the Naibingi. They had a huge um, Sacred Heart mural behind one of their stages um, back in the day. Um, and then there's the, uh, the basement can be self-contained. So there's two restrooms. There's two ways in and out. There's a full bar. Um, and then there's, uh, you know, we have some um, space that we... Uh, rent to bands that they can practice in. Um, there's a large green room down in the basement. That's the stage. When we originally opened, uh, we had a lease agreement with Hubbard Music for the audio equipment in the basement. Uh, we've since purchased all that stuff, but we still, again, have an ongoing relationship with them. The average show in the basement attendance is 50 to 60, but it can accommodate around 150 people very comfortably. Such a cool space. And then I'm about, blown away. I don't know, 70% of the shirts on the wall are bands that have played there. The others were, you know, shirts I owned or shirts people donated um, or, you know, 
obviously, you know, Nicki Minaj didn't play there, but we have a Nicki Minaj shirt up. You know, Kiss didn't play there, but we have a Kiss shirt up. And it, like a lot of the sort of happy accidents that have happened over the last five years, the sound went from decent to amazing down there just by treating the, the walls with something that can absorb the sound. Made a huge difference. And it's, and it's a unique way to do it. It's not just simple sound baffling like you would see in a recording studio or in other places. Um, you know, it gives reference to, the, to all the folks who've been there. Same with hanging the pictures on the wall. It's just a way to say thank you. At the end of the day, it's just a building. What makes it what it is is the people who work there and the people who hang out there and the bands that play there. That's what makes it a special place. And you're paying tribute to the history, too. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now we're walking back behind the lanes. Um, right, We're right behind the main stage right now, which is we took some of the machinery out to uh, create space for storage right behind the stage, both for the bands that are playing and for the equipment that we have in-house. Um, these machines were our original uh, to the building with some minor modifications to upgrade them through the 60s. Um, so by and large, what the machine you're looking at is the same machine you would have seen in 1970 um, running basically the same. Um, thankfully, when we purchased the business, um, they had a, a mechanic on staff who still comes in part-time to help out and has helped train what, you know, in the bowling business they would call a pin chaser, someone who knows how to, you know, fix minor little things that break with the machines, uh, can get them going again on a normal day. If there's a major malfunction, obviously we have to call in a mechanic. But I don't think many of us have seen this no, side of the No, no, and, and for probably for good reason. It's kind of dangerous back there. There's a lot of moving parts, but if you watch – so when the machine gets turned on, there's a thing called a rocker board down on the bottom. It starts to shake. That's how the pins slide from the front to the back. When you throw a ball and the pins get knocked down, they slide to the back. They get caught by that first ring that has the grooves in it. That's what catches the pins and brings them back up to the pin setter. The other wheel catches the ball, brings it to the, to the ball return, and sends it back to the front. It's a very oversimplified explanation of how they work. But that's that's generally it. There's tons of moving parts in there, belts and all that stuff. We have some small green room space back there uh, for when bands are playing on the main stage if they want to stay back behind and not be out in the crowd. This episode was brought to you by Youngstown Computer, the Valley's technology company. We appreciate the loyalty you all have shown to us over the years, and it's our promise to serve all of the technology needs of the Valley. Call 330-259-7278. We have both home and business services available, everything from repair, installations, and new equipment. You can improve your Wi-Fi and have your technology serve you better. Call 330-259-7278, or you can schedule your appointment right now on youngstowncomputer.com and look for the red Book Now button. Yeah, this was one of the very steep learning curves when we first I took bet. over. It was just the overwhelmingness of all of this new equipment that I'd never really been around before. And now, you know, other bowling alleys, did they help out with some of the sure? Like, yeah, we've had had we've had it? some help. There's a couple of folks who work at Camelot have come in to help out with stuff. Um, the the sort of like the last remaining fully certified Brunswick mechanic, um, Mike is works at Liberty Schools, so he comes in and helps a lot. So, 
this is the main stage uh, in action. So folks seated watching the show, people still bowling right on the other side of Greg there, the guy playing guitar. Um, and that's, the, you know, the other sort of benefit uniqueness of the space is that a concert can be going on. Folks can be bowling at the same time. Different folks could be sitting in the bar, not paying attention to the show at all. And all of that happens in one spot. That's cool how, like, you would think of rock and bowling as being two of the noisiest. Oh, yeah, and, and it is, yeah. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, the PA system we have up there is extraordinary and does a fantastic job. If you're sitting right in front of the stage and you, you know, put your left hand to your eye, you wouldn't know there was bowling. Really? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. The lighting is And amazing. visually, it just it looks really cool, too, oh, just to have the bowling lanes going back behind them. And, and this was not an original idea in that there have been places that have bowling and live music, lots of other places. Um, there's a place called Fireside Bowl in Chicago, another place called Garden Bowl in Detroit. Um, there's a place called Brooklyn Bowl in New York um, that has sort of franchised and gone elsewhere. So it wasn't something, it wasn't an original idea, but one that we took and molded to fit Youngstown. And we were just very, very fortunate that in the end we found the perfect spot. Now, are are you willing to like give up more lanes to make the bigger the concert no, venue I don't, bigger? No, I don't think so. No. no, I think we're at the right size. I think if we go any further, as far as capacity is concerned, there would be significant investment that would have to be made into the building um, that you would never recoup the cost of. Um, so, so that's that's a limiting factor. I think the other thing, and I've, I've said this in an interview before. Any, any shows larger than the biggest shows that we've done to date, I don't know that I would want to book a band that could get that many people okay. because there's a lot of work that goes in. The bigger the show, the more expensive it is to put on, the more time-consuming it is. Uh, and at the end of the day, the less money you make. It's just the margins get smaller and smaller as the crowd gets bigger and bigger. You have to spend more for parking. You have to spend more for security. You have to spend more upfront for food and, and alcohol and all that other stuff the bands themselves cost more money. Um, it's just, it's a huge investment. And I think where we're at today is a very comfortable space. And I think that's where we could stay. And I think it's a sweet spot. I think we fill a void that Pittsburgh and Cleveland in a lot of respects don't, can't fill. Um, and we can do it cheaper than those places. So I, and it's some, a lot easier to get around logistically in a city like Youngstown than it is in a city like Cleveland or Pittsburgh, Chicago or New York. Simple things like parking. We have a huge parking lot. Most concert venues in big cities don't have any parking at all. Um, so I think we have plenty of advantages, and I think Youngstown has afforded us those. So We're back in the record store. That's Dean right there. Uh, in addition to being one of the owners of the record store, he's the drummer for Red Wanting Blue, a band that's going to be playing uh, on March 4th as – part of our month-long um, anniversary celebrations. They sell CDs, cassettes, tons of vinyl, um, all of it, uh, most of it used and in fantastic uh, condition, but they do sell some new. Uh, they've been with us for north of a year now. Um, not only are they great tenants, they're good friends of mine. Uh, and, you know, they enhance our business and, and we enhance theirs, so... We have shows. They kill it. 
Um, and there's plenty of days, you know, random Wednesdays where folks come in to buy records and they end up getting pizza to go or having a beer while they wait. So that's yeah, cool how all the businesses kind of connect in and then you offer the demographic for the record store and then yeah. the pizza's there and you can also bowl while you're waiting for something. It's yeah. really cool how you did, you've done that. And, and it was weird, you know, I, it was never a conscious thought after Mark said, you need to find other streams of revenue for this to be successful. But everything that we've done since that conversation led us in the direction of having a building where a dozen things could happen at the same time. And that's how we generate enough money to do the stuff we sought out to do, which was the live music. So it worked out exactly like Mark planned. Mark right. planned. So that's, you know, I, I say that to him every time I see him. So very cool. It's the best advice we could have ever got. So back in the bar, that's the, the sort of the front part of the building that faces Mahoning Avenue. That's the, those pins were put in by my brother, who was the person who did basically all of the renovating inside the building. He had some folks help him, but the ideas for how to change things, where to put stuff, how to install it was, was all my brother. It was his idea to cut the lanes in half, and that's how we built the stage upstairs. It was his idea to harvest that wood and use it to build bars and countertops and all that other sort of He's stuff. He's got the creative flair for does, that yeah. kind of thing. And, and he has a knack for being able to do very cool, um, interesting-looking renovation on a very tight budget. I mean, the stage is a perfect example. The original plan was to gut that whole area, rip the machines out, the lanes out, change the ceiling. And when we started doing the math, it was just there was no way we were going to be able to afford it. And he was the one who said, we'll just cut the lanes in half. It'll be fine. And I you know, like telling my wife the bowling alley was a bad idea. I told him it was a bad idea. <laughs> and he's like, just watch. It's going to work. And lo and behold, mm. it worked perfect. Some more local art. That's Michael Green again. The sculptures were Tony Armini. He's got two in the bar and then two big ones out front. And he's also in the process of building um, basically a, a, a sculpture to be the wall around our patio. So all out of steel. Some of it harvested from the machines in the back bowling. Now, do you sell the artwork, or is it just there for aesthetics? Pretty much it's there for aesthetics, okay. yeah. Every man has his price, though. For sure. <laughs> you never. You some might, of it was donated by, yeah, some of it was donated, uh, by good friends of mine. Some of it I bought. So it's just a mixture. That's a local artist, Jason Van Hoos. All the posters, well, not all of the posters, but a lot of the older ones, from the 90s were designed by Derek Hess in Cleveland and then printed by a guy named Bryn Zellers, who's from Youngstown. So this is the restaurant area where yes, now? Yes, we're back in the bar again, okay. yeah. So gotcha. there's a like sort of an S-shaped bar in the main section, and then we used a, about a 60-foot or 45-foot section of bowling lane in the that runs from the bar all the way into the bowling alley now. Okay. With the size of crowds that we have, we've had to definitely expand the bar space. We're sort of in the, on the Mahoning Avenue side of the arcade lounge area now. Some more of uh, Steph's work hanging on the walls, some more art. Um, the windows were painted and the front of the building was painted by a guy named Dave Witzke from Cleveland. He did two big murals on our building, one on the front and one on the bowling alley side. Um, I've been a big fan of his work for a long time. Those paintings were by local artist Sean uh, Crum, uh, he also works for us. He's a bartender, fantastic artist. And you didn't half-ass anything though. Lighting is no, amazing in yeah. this place. And we um, 
That's probably the most un-Youngstown thing we did was not happen. <laughs> <laughs> not to speak disparagingly, but that it's it's sort of a hallmark of places is that it, we joke that, you know, it's good enough for who it's for. And we definitely didn't want to do that with anything. We wanted to set out a clear idea of what we wanted to be and then get to it and not mess around and not cut corners. Um, and it was never part of, you know, the, the plan to be considered one of the best music venues in Ohio, but it's part of the plan now. That's and, awesome. and then that it's meant in the most respectful way of all those other places that I love to go and spend my time. But if we could be considered in the same breath as the Beachland Ballroom or the Grog Shop, that then we're doing it right. And then this is the kitchen. That's one of our employees, Carmen. That's the famous pizza oven. The serious pizza oven. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a four, four oven pizza oven. Um, the, when this, where they're standing in the original building was like a lunch counter. Um, so it's been, con it was converted by the previous owner to, so they could sell pizza. But the, the amount of food that we sell from such a small kitchen is, is amazing. It's amazing. Those guys are miracle workers that they can pull off what they pull off in such a small space. This is us out front again. Uh, that's the mural by Dave, two more pieces by Tony uh, Armini. Those three pieces uh, are by another local artist, photographer named Tony Nicholas. Uh, he's done tons of work around town. That's the front sign. Uh, good shot of the patio, which doesn't get a ton of use this time of year, but in the summer is always packed. And um, do you do anything live outside? We any? do do music out there on occasion, nice. yeah. It's a big space. You could probably fit 75 or 80 people mm, out there nice. if you wanted to. Um, and the, the signs on the front door, the safe space signs are a relatively new um, addition. Uh, it's always been a very steadfast policy of ours to be a safe space for everybody. Um, but it's something we felt like, especially over the last couple of years, yeah. that it was something we needed to announce so that it was very clear um, walking in that there's a certain expectation that everyone gets treated with dignity and respect regardless. So, so. All right, so you want to let, let our uh, viewers know of any up, upcoming shows and if they so, want to support you and, and spend money with you, sure. how to find you. So we're, first, we're there every day, um, Sunday to Monday, uh, every single every single week. Um, we're open until midnight most days, 1 a.m. Friday and Saturday. Um, we have a ton of stuff that isn't music-related going on. We do trivia on Monday and bingo on Tuesday, and we have a dance party on Wednesday and reggae night on Thursday. We also have a huge entertainment schedule. Uh, we have some big shows coming up. March is our anniversary month, so starting on March 4th and basically running through the entire month, we've got shows four or five days a week, weekends, two shows at a time, one upstairs, one downstairs. Uh, our big anniversary party is on the 10th. Uh, we have uh, bands from all over the country coming in, as well as some bands from Cleveland and Akron and Kent and Youngstown, um, all on one bill, eight bands at one time, one cover charge, both stages. Um, we sell to-go food. We're also on DoorDash. Um, and bowling is cheap Sunday through Thursday. It's $5 per person for a full hour. Hmm. That includes the shoes. It's a great way to hang out with your kids. And as a throwback or a nod to the 50s when the place was built, we don't have electronic scoring anymore. We tore it all out. So you can either just throw the ball and knock the pins down or keep score by hand like mm, they used to. Nice. It's just one less screen you have to look at. You know what I mean? All right. Find you on social media. I'm sure so, you're over there. Yep. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. 
Uh, we'll soon be on TikTok, much to my chagrin. <laughs> um, we have a website, westsidebowl.com. We have a phone. It's 330-792-7675. Um, yeah. You can find our menu. If you want to order carryout food, is on our website. It's also on Facebook. So, All right. Nate, thanks so much. Oh, you're very welcome. I appreciate you having me. For sure.